A few years back when the fourth movie came out, I literally annoyed my wife every single day for over a month. Something I've started doing again this year. I started singing the theme song to one of my favorite movie franchises, co-created by one of my other favorite franchises with George Lucas. The man in question, I have actually seen his hat when I went into the American History Museum at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. First one we went into, and I thought, oh, this isn't going to be that great. It's, it's going to be boring history, blah, 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 blah. And I walk in, and I see his hat and whip right there in front of me. I get it. Indiana Jones isn't a real adventurer, but in the movie world, Indiana Jones is one of the biggest names out there. So how does Indiana Jones have to deal with the automotive industry? Well, like with every great movie, there are vehicles utilized in the movie and a lot of stuff we really don't pay attention to. Well, that's that's going to change today as Autolux is going to take a look at the Indiana Jones franchise and some of the vehicles that has graced the screen of our great movie franchise, inclusive of a few leading up to the new one. So sit back, relax, and listen to the tale of Indiana Jones. <laughs> Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website over at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out, look at some of the great ratings, Corporate Link's websites, our calendar of important information, our children's books, listen to a few podcasts, and even head on over to our help pages. If you're an educator or a parent alike that likes to teach your kids about new information and new technology, head on over to the help pages from autolux.net. We have stuff there from fuel mileage all the way up to insurance claims and even games, toy companies, and the best beaches you can find in the United States. The Autolux Podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and hosted by the one and only Everett J. So like I said in the beginning, yes, Indiana Jones is one of the great characters of all time. And we kind of get it, like Indiana Jones is kind of all over the place with his adventures. Indiana Jones is one of those movies that I saw as a young kid. We had Raiders of the Lost Ark taped off of TV onto one of our VHS tapes. Kind of convenient because we had Raiders of the Lost Ark, we had Star Wars Episode Four, we had Gremlins, and we had Ghostbusters all taped off of TV on the same cassette tape. It's like the world's greatest cassette tape of movies for a kid growing up. Some of the biggest box offices of the 80s and Raiders of the Lost Ark next to Back to the Future, which we didn't have in our house. My aunt and uncle did at their place and I watched it every time I went there. Raiders of the Lost Ark next to Ghostbusters was one of those movies I watched over and over and over again. I can remember just about anything from that movie. It, 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 it's amazing. I, of course, it's been a couple years since I've seen the previous one when I watched them with my son for the first time. But thinking back to Raiders of the Lost Ark, there are a few notable vehicles that you could think of from the movie. Two most notable ones is the Mercedes-Benz LG 3000 two and a half ton diesel truck from the, the chase scene where Indiana Jones jumps onto it, is on the hood, goes underneath the vehicle, comes across, you know, that one and the flying wing. They were great vehicles. We'll get more into that afterwards. But at the beginning of the movie, when Marcus goes to see Indiana Jones, Indiana's house, he rolls up in a 1934 LaSalle Series 37 coupe. Ugh. But you have to remember, it's Indiana Jones. This is happening between the 30s and 40s. Fourth movie is the 50s, and the fifth movie will be the 60s. Indiana Jones, on the other hand, is in the late 30s and early 40s. Gotta remember, during the Nazi era. And Marcus rolls up in a LaSalle 
LaSalle, for God's sakes. One of those premier automotive of that time. Amazing. Something I really didn't take into mind when I was a young kid. I, you know, whatever, they're old cars. I wasn't too crazy about old cars back then. I like new things and power and muscle. Not like today, where I kind of like more of the history stuff. The things that started it and great car companies were in the past. Later on in the movie, you see quite a few of the Mercedes-Benz trucks. And with it, they move a lot of stuff around. And we get it, the first movie didn't have as, as many vehicles as the third. But with it, one of the great battle scenes with Indiana Jones is in front of the German flying wing. It's literally what it is. It's a flying wing. Now, the vehicle in question wasn't an actual working product. It was a prop built for the movie. But Indiana Jones gets in this fight with this massive muscular Nazi and at the end of it they, this guy just gets torn up from the engine of the uh, the flying wing after Indy ripped the one of the the wheel chocks out to defend himself with this is all before the great automotive chase scene now the colonel is getting away because now they've found the ark and they've put it back into the back of the Mercedes-Benz LG 3000 two and a half ton diesel truck on top of that the colonel is driving a 1937 Mercedes-Benz 320 convertible sedan one of those great german vehicles from back in those days we get a who rode around in one of those vehicles as well now they do showcase a lot of the old motorcycles as well from the time but the colonel's convertible also shows up at many other points in the movie it's one of those cars that you see a little more often but the mercedes-benz lg3000 is the truck we all remember when i say indiana jones rated the lost dark vehicles you're probably thinking of the flying wing and that mercedes-benz lg3000 because indiana jones had a fight on that truck literally jumps off kicks the guy through the door he gets punched out onto the hood, goes underneath the vehicle, uses his whip to basically pull himself back up underneath the vehicle, comes up to the top, pushes people over, and hops back through the side window to push the guy out and take over the truck with the arc in it. Like, cool! Unfortunately, the Germans still get the vehicle in the end. When he tries to hide it, they take it from him. You know, gotta go with the story. And from there, you get to see a German U-boat. Not a vehicle per se, but like we said, the flying wing is one of those. He gets on the U-boat, manages to get into the submarine disguised as a German officer so he can get to the island where the Ark is going. From there, the Ark is put back into a Mercedes-Benz G5 truck and delivered on the island. One amazing great chase scene, one amazing multitude of fight scenes, and a submarine, like, really, Indiana Jones did it well. Next after that, my uncle and aunt had taped the Temple of Doom off TV, so I got to see it a little later. Temple of Doom was one of those ones that I've seen multiple times. I'm not a big fan of, even though I could still watch it, because it's, it's Indiana Jones, for God's sakes. It does have its moments, but the very beginning of the movie is one of my favorites. When Indiana Jones escapes through the club, his little buddy, Short Round, has a car waiting outside for him. A 1934 Duesenberg Auburn convertible. Like, this was one of the most premier vehicles you could buy in the United States at that point in time. Man, amazing car. And so many people in history have been asking, what car is that from that movie? It's one of the most memorable cars from any of the Indiana Jones movies, except for the tank and the third one, which we'll get into after this. That Duesenberg. God, in yellow too? Like you gotta think about how many movie stars back in the days either drove Duesenbergs or Cords that look just like that. 
From there, he goes through a chase scene in China where he's chased by Leo Che. In his car is a 1930 Rio Flying Cloud Model 25 sedan. A Rio. Like a Rio is another American car company that died out before the end of the 1930s. They were big in the 20s and 30s during the first wave of the automotive world, which is something you hear about on another podcast. We're now in the second wave. But in the first wave, Rio is one of those small car companies that really took off. They were there. They were big. But until the big three got even bigger, Rio was one of those small makes that people could afford to buy. It's kind of funny because Kia today has the product, the Rio, spelled R-I-O. This Rio back in those days is R-E-O. The Rio back in those days was considered an economy product, where the Rio today is an economy product too. Kind of interesting. From there, Indiana Jones gets in an airplane. Funny thing is, is the airplane is actually being flown by two Mongolian guys hired by Leo Che who jump out of the airplane, where Indiana Jones then has to get out of the airplane into a dinghy because there's no parachutes to get out of the plane before it crashes because they busted the controls and made it so that it goes into it. From here, we move on to, you know, mostly being in the dinghy and walking. Our next essential mode of transportation is an elephant. But one of the most memorable things in that movie, besides that Duesenberg at the beginning and the plane crash, is when Indiana Jones and Short Round get into the mine car. When they're in the mine where they're looking for the specific stones and using this child labor to find it, there's this amazing chasing on old school mine cars where they literally use a, a two by four as their brake. Where funny thing is during this chase scene, that piece of wood breaks and Indiana Jones has to use his feet. They finally stop before crashing into a wall and his feet are nearly on fire. They're smoking this so bad because he had to use his feet as a brake for the mine car. And they're just like blowing up with smoke, cloudy and crazy. And he's screaming for water, 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 water. And then this is right after the nemesis in this movie has broken the dam to try and flood them out. And this big wall of water is coming towards someone. Water! <laughs> oh yeah. Great part of the movie. Uh, one of the greatest scenes in that movie is just after that. No vehicles in a part of it, but you, you gotta bring it up. It's when they're on the bridge. I'll see you in hell, he says as he cuts the thing to the bridge. Ah, oh, and the alligators below eating the, those guys. It's a good movie. From there we move on to my favorite Indiana Jones movie. The Last Crusade. Now, why is it my favorite? One, there's a lot of vehicles in it. Two, there's a couple chase scenes in it. And three, it's Harrison Ford teamed up with Sean Connery. Sean Connery plays his father. The same person that Mike Myers actually wanted to play his father in the Austin Powers movie, but I I'm pretty sure they had a, a better choice. Like, come on, it wouldn't have been as fun. But Sean Connery is Harrison Ford's father. So the reason why, I'll, I'll give you a little backstory to the Indiana Jones franchise is George Lucas always wanted to create a James Bond movie, but they wouldn't let him make one. So his friend, buddy at the time, Steven Spielberg says, I have this amazing movie with an action adventure, not really a spy, but like an adventurer. He's and goes and digs up stuff. Like, you're gonna love it. So it's kind of funny that he wanted to make a James Bond movie and the man who plays his Indiana Jones' father in the third movie is a James Bond character from the past. Real tidbit of history about the movie. That Yes, George Lucas wanted to create a James Bond movie. Wasn't allowed to. Steven Spielberg created a character as cool as James Bond and then had a James Bond character in the movie. <laughs> 
Okay. But The Last Crusade, besides that, has had all kinds of amazing vehicles. At the beginning, young Indiana Jones is being chased after taking this artifact from guys that just want to give it to, you know, a rich collector instead of being put in a museum. Randy is, he's a scout and he lives by his honor. That's got to go into a museum. Well, he's being chased while during the train scene by a 1915 Saxon Model 14. You gotta remember, Indiana Jones, the movies are set in the late 30s and early 40s. So when he was young, it would have been during the older times. Where, getting close to the end, once he finally gets into town, a Ford Model T two-door chases him. One of the neat little things that kind of pops up into that. Inclusive of this is also the old Bearcats. Indiana Jones kind of showcased a few really older cars at a time when the automobile industry was starting to take off. Later on in the movie, when Indiana Jones is teamed up with his ger female German counterpart, who's actually working for the Nazi party, trying to find Indiana Jones' father in his book, there's a chase scene in this beautiful cedar boat in Italy. Like, it, it is gorgeous. I always wanted one of those speedboats. From there, he moves into a 1936 Steer 200 when he arrives at the castle in Austria. After which, him and his father make a daring escape on a motorcycle the sidecar while being chased by 1979 Honda X. 500s as the motorcycles from the chasing they weren't even from that era but were made to look like they were from that era just so they can do the proper chasing after which they take the zeppelin they escape from the zeppelin in a biplane and when they crash land they have to steal a vehicle and they steal a vehicle from a farmer now they were over france when this happened so what type of car would they get they get something from france they hop into 1934 citroen 11 Le Lige cabriolet indiana and his father are being chased by airplanes like actual fighter planes while he's driving this old citroen the little black and yellow car yes it's a citroen adding to that another amazing chase Gotta remember, there. how many chase scenes are we up to here? You have the chase scene from the train, the chase scene in the boat, uh, he's being chased in the airplane with the Zeppelin, he's chased with the motorcycles, now he's being chased in a car by airplanes. And from here, Marcus finally he gets picked up along with his father, picked up by the Germans. Now the Germans want to cross the deserts to go to essentially where they filmed it was Petra, you know, the, the old trade city in the desert built into the rock. And to do that, they want to get the approval from the Sheik to cross his sands. They won't dare cross his sands without getting his formal approval. And the Sheik, you know, they, they wish to offer him gold and jewels and anything he dreams of. And what does he want? The rich Sheik is an automotive fan. He's like myself. He goes up to them and he wants what they're driving. His 1935 Rolls-Royce Phantom 2 V8 225. Go to 0 to 60 in 11.3 seconds. Top out at 156 kilometers per hour. He knows so much about that car, more so than I know, that they just gift him the car and he provides them with tanks, camels, military vehicles, and people to cross the desert so you can go and find this. Part of the vehicles was an old Citroen Type 23 Desert Chase vehicle. On top of that, there was a, a 1928 Renault 6CV Torpedo military desert vehicle, the Citroen 23 again, standard military vehicle in the desert, the Mark 7 tank. Now this is the thing that everybody thinks of. That This was a recreation from the movie as it didn't exist, but it's essentially just the belly of a tank with tracks around it. One of the great chase scenes of there. The only other vehicle that's really memorable from that part is the Volkswagen Kibir wagons military vehicles from the desert it is something that kind of spawned into the volkswagen thing appeal 
for Volkswagen's military aspects. Gotta remember, Volkswagen was a small company at the beginning of the war. Ferdinand Piesch was helping Hitler create these Volkswagen vehicles for the average people. Hence, Volkswagen, people's car, when you translate from German into English. And that's what they were. The Beetle was the people car. It was the one to get people into vehicles, kind of like the Renault 2CV, the Ford Model T. They all have their own specific vehicles that put a, a country on wheels. In Canada, yeah, we had the Ford Model T come in here too, but our biggest product that really got a lot of people out was the McLaughlins. Everybody wanted their wagons, but then we moved on to those. The chase scene eventually ends with this amazing military, the Mark 7 tank, going over a cliff with the colonel inside of it and everybody believing Indy is dead, but, uh, you know, all of the military is smashed up, blown up, and gone. All they got is camels to ride off. I mean, essentially, at the end of the movie, they ride off into the sunset. From there, we think Indiana Jones is done. And, you know, we would all think that. But unfortunately, they always had an idea of possibly doing a fourth one. Kind of like how the Alien franchise had an idea of doing a fourth movie as well. And Star Wars always had 7, 8, 9 to be released from the original book series. But with number four, we saw some an introduction of even more vehicles. You know, car chasing, rocket sled, and a chase through the jungle. Something we never thought of. But you gotta remember, this is the 50s. The Nazis are gone. Now, it's the time of the Russians. The Russians rule the world because of the Cold War. At the military base, there's a Ford Custom Deluxe. And Indiana Jones is trying to escape. During a chase scene, he rolls up to a 1932 Ford Custom Roadster with the teens racing Indiana Jones while being chased by the military in Jeeps. Indy eventually gets away by hopping on a rocket sled and <laughs> literally taking off down through the desert to test out this rocket and gets away. All eventually be picked up by his own son that he never knew he even had on a Harley Davidson at the university chase scene. Harley Davidson chase scene was pretty good. You know, some old classic Fords, Mercury's, Buicks were involved in, in a lot of the backdrop scenes for there, but his son having a Harley Davidson really puts in the, the 50s rebel into perspective. Gotta remember, James Dean was a rep, and James Dean rode a motorcycle too. That was all in the 50s. You know, the greaser rebel guy with the leather jacket and the motorcycle. That was his son in that movie. And later on, when his son's mother shows up the woman who's in from the first movie very first one shows up there is another chase scene that ensues through the jungle of south america we get to see some interesting military vehicles from the russians in this one they have the jungle cutter that is one of the first vehicles you see because they're trying to get through the jungle and they need to drive through it so they need to cut a path they use this jungle cutter with these massive blades in the front cutting down trees and making a path through everything so that they can get to where they're going i remember they're trying to find you know the city of gold but essentially this is something even different aliens were always going to be involved we always knew it with steven spielberg and george lucas that aliens would eventually wind up in the indiana jones universe along with the jungle cutter was a 1961 Gaz G9 in a 1966 Zill 131 troop carrier. Kind of funny because this movie's made in the 50s, but they're using vehicles from the 60s. Kind of like the last movie, how they used a, you know, a Honda motorcycle from the 70s to make it look like a motorcycle from 30s. 
The troop carrier is uh, with Indiana Jones. The Gas 69 is chasing them. His wife, or I guess you could say baby mama, eventually jumps into another Russian-made vehicle, the Zil 485, or as they call it, the amphibious car, or duck, used by Indiana Jones for this jungle chasing. She drives it through to save Indiana Jones away from the Russian captors and the army ants that try to eat them as they are stuck on a field. Another great chase scene from Indiana Jones. Like, Indiana Jones is just full of action. And the new movie isn't without it. We haven't seen it yet. But we do know through watching Ad that they do race in something that James Bond once had a chase scene with back in the movie Octopussy. James Bond had a chase scene in a tuk-tuk. And Indiana Jones, during the 1960s, while he's with his granddaughter in the new movie, there is a chase that ensues with a tuk-tuk as well. We can't wait to see the new movie and actually see all these amazing chase scenes and amazing footage of Indiana Jones yet again. Hell, Harrison Ford is like how old now? He was in his 30s when they started filming the original Star Wars movies in 1977. And that was 46 years ago. I only know that because I, as I like to say, I'm a Star Wars baby. I was born the year that number six came out. I was born the year of the Ewoks. Yes. And as I'm recording this, we're only a week after the 40th anniversary of episode 6. So you got to think about it. Harrison Ford is pushing 80, and the man is still playing Indiana Jones and doing it right. Indy won't ever die, because Indiana Jones is the man. He may not be all about the vehicles, similar to that of the Ghostbusters in Act 01, but he is about getting those artifacts and safely bringing them to where they need to be. If you ever watch the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, when they go to find his shrinking machine, if you actually take a look at that, remember, it's a Spielberg movie, you will see the box with the Ark in it. Kind of interesting, huh? Let me pay homage to the old school movies that way. The Duck is one of the more famous vehicles that you can remember. Interesting, it's weird. The Duesenberg from, from number two and the Mercedes-Benz from the first one. The Last Crusade, well, there's a multitude of vehicles, but the tank, literally, the mobile truck is the most memorable one from that movie. Each movie has a memorable vehicle that we all can think of, and each movie is just as good as the other. Indiana Jones is about getting artifacts and protecting the world. It's not about the cars. Cars are just the added bonus. But when you add in a multitude of chase scenes into an action movie, cars are always going to become a part of it, no matter who you are. And for us over at Autolux, the cars are the best part to the movie. So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment on any of the major social feeds or streaming services you have found the Autolux podcast on. We are on every major streaming site from iTunes to Spotify to Google Play and Amazon Music. You can find the Autolux podcast and follow us on a multitude of different systems. The Autolux podcast is brought to you by Econ Media Group, a division of Everett Company, and hosted by the one and only doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. himself. If you haven't stopped by the website, Take a look and go to autolux.net, the original website for the automotive world. So for myself, Everett J, the whole Autolux team here, strap yourself in, sit down, hold on to your seat, and pray that you have a parachute and a wit to save your ass from Indiana Jones. <laughs>